The Jamie Claw Story, 88 Days Missing. Jamie Claus found alive. Newspaper and online news media blasted those words when the FBI confirmed the 13-year-old girl was found alive and safe after being missing for 88 days. October 15, 2018. It was 12.58 a.m. when a 911 call came through to the Barron County Sheriff's Department. The dispatcher tells officers that they received a distressing call from the residence at 1268 US 8 outside Barron County, Wisconsin, a community of about 3,000 people. The call came through, but they weren't able to speak with the caller. All they could hear was yelling and screaming before the line got cut off. Dispatchers tried calling back, but only got the voicemail. Local deputies then arrived and immediately they could see something was wrong. The front door was kicked in. They stepped inside and close to the front door was the body of 56-year-old James Kloss. They walked inside further to find another body, that of 46-year-old Denise Kloss. The two were husband and wife who had been working at a local turkey processing plant called Jenny O for decades. Police also found the family dog Molly, but she was left unharmed. As they looked around, authorities realized there was one person missing, the couple's only child, 13-year-old daughter, Jamie. Local police believed she was at the home at the time and they feared she may have been taken. Soon investigators from the FBI and National Center for Missing and Exploited Children showed up to help. They then began to piece together what exactly happened that night. Soon the face of the missing 13 year old was all over the internet and national news. Barron Area School District Administrator Diane Tremblay describes Jamie as a sweet girl who is a loyal friend and loves to dance. On her Facebook page, Jamie describes herself as loving to dance at Christine's Dance Jazz, ice skating, volleyball, swimming, art, cross country, and track. Photographs of her in costumes, dance outfits, and with her middle school sports teams were all posted on the page as well. During the initial stage of the investigation, police weren't 100% certain if Jamie had been taken. Although she was not considered a suspect, they kept an open idea to the possibility she may have left on her own accord. Police dogs and officers searched around the home. They employed drones and infrared cameras to try and find the young girl. On the afternoon following her early morning disappearance, a nationwide Amber Alert was issued for Jamie. She was described as 5 feet tall, 100 pounds with green eyes and blonde strawberry hair. It didn't take long before eyewitness accounts began popping up. On the night of October 15th, the Miami Police Department tweeted a possible sighting of Jamie in Miami, Florida that was reported. She was said to be riding in a black Ford Explorer, accompanied by two men who looked to be in their 30s. A plate number was even given. However, Wisconsin police dismissed the sighting, and the following day, more than 200 tips were received. On October 17th, initial autopsies done on Denise and James Kloss's bodies discovered both had died from gunshot wounds, and their deaths were officially ruled as homicides. In the following days, more searches were conducted in the nearby area of the Kloss home. Volunteers were also accepted for the first time to help find articles of evidentiary value that may be related to the incident. Search parties began and the Sheriff's Department also posted images of vehicles of interest seen in the area during the time of the incident. Days after, the Genio Turkey Store donated $25,000 for any information leading to the whereabouts of Jamie Kloss. 
They raised the total reward to $50,000 since the sheriff's office was already offering a $25,000 reward. By October 29th, the local police released a statement that a burglary had taken place inside the Kloss home on the 27th. A man named Kyle Jankianis admitted to breaking into the house and stealing items. He took clothes belonging to Jamie, including two tank tops, a dress, and her underwear. While he also worked at the Jenny O Turkey Store, he did not know the family and said that he took it because he was curious what size Jamie wears. Although police first considered him a suspect, he was eventually ruled out as being involved in the girl's disappearance. By December of 2018, the Barron County, Wisconsin School District hosted a Christmas lantern lighting in honor of the missing girl. A choir serenaded the attendees and the county sheriff, Chris Fitzgerald, shared a special message before releasing the lit lanterns into the air. The police emphasized that finding Jamie was still their number one priority, however at the time they didn't have any new leads. But then a break in the case happened on January 10, 2019. Former social worker Jenny Nutter was close to her cabin driveway in the rural community of Gordon, Wisconsin when she was approached by a skinny young girl. Jean and her husband had been coming to Gordon, a small rural community of about 600 people, for the past four years during their vacation to stay in their cabin. That day, she was in town and walking her dog when she saw the girl seemingly coming out of the woods from nowhere. Standing about 10 to 12 feet away from her, the girl said, I need help. Jean could tell she was in distress. She quickened her pace to approach her, and when she did, the girl just fell into her and said, I am Jamie. Nutter said, I know. Jamie was wearing only a sweatshirt, hoodie, leggings, and shoes too big for her feet that day. Her hair was matted and she looked dazed. She told Nutter her parents had been killed and she was being held in a cabin nearby, pointing towards a cabin that sat at the edge of the Nutter's property. Relying on her Child Protective Services background, Jean immediately decided to make Kloss as safe as possible. Since her property was close to the cabin where Jamie was held, Nutter decided to walk the girl to another nearby property and made sure to remain as calm as possible. Nutter, her dog, and Kloss then arrive at Kristen and Peter Kazinka's home and frantically knocked on the door at around 4 p.m. When they opened it, they saw Nutter with a skinny, dirty girl, and Nutter exclaimed, This is Jamie Kloss. Call 911. The family called police, and they were all told to lock themselves inside and to not let anybody in. While waiting for the police to arrive, the family said Jamie was quiet but she did tell them that her abductor locked her up and hit her whenever he left, but she didn't go into detail about how she got away. When police arrived at the Kazinka's home, Jamie told them who had kept her locked up and also described his vehicle. Police took the girl to ensure she was safe. As police made their way out into a deputy's car, they spotted a red vehicle. They ran the plates and it came back as belonging to a woman under the last name of Patterson. Another officer followed the vehicle, and when it drove past the cabin where Kloss was held, the officer asked the driver to stop. The man said his name was Jake Patterson. When the officer asked him if he knew why he was being pulled over, Jake exited the vehicle and told officers, I did it. To his friends in high school, Jake Patterson was like any other normal kid. He laughed, made jokes, and had plenty of friends. Soon after graduating from Northwood School District in Minong, Wisconsin, Jake grew distant and stopped making contact with his friends altogether. 
In fact, none of his close schoolmates even knew he was in Gordon until his arrest. After high school, Patterson tried joining the Marines, but only lasted five weeks before he was discharged in October of 2015. There was no clear reason why, but a representative from the Marines only said the character of his service was incongruent with Marine Corps expectations and standards. Three years later, Patterson was hired to work at the Genio Turkey Store in Barron, the same place James and Denise Kloss had worked for years, but he only showed up for one day and never came back. Police don't believe he encountered any of the Klosses during that time and that this was simply a coincidence. When 21-year-old Patterson was identified as Jamie Kloss's abductor, many asked why. According to him, he was driving behind a bus to a job at the Saputo Cheese Factory west of Barron in Almena when the bus stopped to pick up Jamie one day in the fall. After seeing her, he decided she was going to be the girl he was going to take. Patterson only worked for two days at the Saputo Cheese Factory, and within two weeks of spotting the teen at the bus stop, he made plans to kidnap her. On the night of October 15th, Patterson drove to the Klaus's home for the third time in his sister's Ford Taurus. He had been there on two previous occasions, keeping watch. Jamie's dog Molly began barking when she saw a vehicle coming up the driveway. Jamie went to wake up her parents. James headed to the front door to see who it was, and he initially thought the man was a police officer. When he asked for a badge, he was immediately shot in the head. Both Jamie and Denise hid themselves inside the bathroom, and it was here that Denise called 911 from her cell phone, but Patterson busted through the bathroom door, and that's when the call got cut off. Jamie's mouth was taped shut, and she was bound using duct tape. Afterwards, her mother Denise was shot dead beside her. Patterson took Jamie and placed her in the trunk of his car and drove away. About 20 seconds later, they passed by police cars racing towards the Kloss home. His was the only vehicle traveling against the authorities, but he moved aside to let them through and they never stopped him. Patterson said if they did try to stop him, he would have shot at the officers that night. Patterson then held Jamie at his family's cabin in Gordon. Here, Jamie was forced to live and hide underneath his twin bed, which had been pushed to a corner. He lined the open corners with laundry bins and placed weights on top of them so he would know if she ever moved. Every Saturday, his father would visit the cabin. To mask any noise Jamie could make, Patterson played loud music in his bedroom. He also threatened the young girl that if she made a noise or alerted anyone of her existence, something bad would happen. She was often left under the bed for hours at a time. When he held a party for Christmas, the little girl was kept inside, still under the bed, while everyone else enjoyed themselves. Police believe no one except for Patterson knew she was there. Jamie said she complied out of fear. On January 10th, Patterson told her he was going to be gone for five to six hours and told her to stay underneath the bed. But after he left, Jamie crawled out. She put on Patterson's New Balance shoes and left the cabin where she finally encountered Jean and her dog. Weeks after committing the crime, Patterson thought he had gotten away with it. He told police he prepared extensively for the kidnapping, including shaving his head and face. He also burned his clothes and Jamie's clothes, including the duct tape he used to bind her. Patterson has been dealt with four charges, including two counts of first-degree intentional homicide, kidnapping, and armed burglary. His bail is set at $5 million, and his trial is scheduled for February of 2019. As for Jamie, she has since returned home to Barron County and is living with her relatives after going through her 88-day ordeal. 
Although there are still plenty of unknown details about the case, Jamie is seen smiling and happy to finally be home. We have new videos coming out every Wednesday and Saturday, so please remember to subscribe to our channel because you won't want to miss out on what's coming next. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you soon.